Well, let's switch to continue in this sermon series on kingdom wealth. And the whole idea here is how to have a healthy relationship with money, which is one of the subjects that we have before us 24-7. And we have been sharing that it's important for the church to talk about it because we do have a relationship with money. And discipleship is a holistic process where we are all interconnected and everything is part of our life and our submission to Jesus. So we submit every single area of our lives to Jesus. Our spiritual life, our physical bodies, our social life, and then also our financial life. So the text for today is 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So the issue here is, it's not money, but it's what? The love of money. And the challenge here is that when, you, when money becomes your master and everything is about making money, what happens is that the tendency of us as human beings is to wander from the faith. So now the kingdom of God is not the main thing, but now the main thing is making money. And in the 21st century, every time you go to Facebook or Instagram or um, every, every media platform, you're going to see that everything is about what? Making money. And not only making money, but make it fast, right? So we have a, a, a again, I come from a context of no money when the church is persecuted. So we were very creative on how to talk about what is happening, what was happening in the country and what is happening even now. So we have this guy. How many of you know this guy? Okay, so in Cuba, we have one Robin Hood and now we have another one and another one and another one. And the story of Robin Hood, and we used to talk about this this way because if you mention anything directly to the government, you go to jail. So here, here is how we used to do it in college and at the church. So we say there is a story and Robin Hood was hiding in the forest, waiting for rich people to pass by. And every time a rich person show up, Robin Hood would say, I am Robin Hood, who take from the rich to give it to the poor. Take everything. Another rich person passed by, and here he is again. I'm Robin Hood, who take from the rich to give it to the poor. And then suddenly a poor person show up, and he was wandering, he was lost in the forest. Poor, very poor person. And Robin Hood show up, I'm Robin Hood, who take from the rich to give it to the poor. But the guy says, I'm poor. So you know what Robin Hood did? He took everything and gave it to the poor person. And then the poor person saw all these riches and he said, I am rich. <laughs> and then Robin Hood said, I'm Robin Hood, who take away from the rich to give it to the poor. 
Do you understand the picture? That's the way we do it. That's not, that's not right. That's not okay. So we need to talk about the dangers of greed. You know, why, why, why Jesus and the apostles and God is teaching so much about greed, about the love of money. Money can cause a spiritual bondage because we become greedy and we want more and more and more and more and more. Because we cannot feel the emptiness in our soul with material stuff. Especially when we neglect our faith. So it's okay to have a business. It's okay to prosper. What is not okay is to let that to become the main thing in your life and take away from your time with your family, the time with your natural family, and your time with your spiritual family. We need to seek the kingdom of God first, and everything else will be added. How many of you believe that? So when we believe this, then we need to start pursuing it. And be careful, because this is written for a reason. It's so easy to wander from the faith when we are seeking and we are so invested in fulfilling our dreams. Now, Jesus was also teaching about giving. And in Luke 11:42, he started talking and says, Woe to the Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs. But you neglect what? Justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. And why this is important? It is important because when we say, I gave to God, I fulfilled my obligation, God is saying, that's okay, but this is not about being legalistic about giving. It's beyond giving. You have to give your life. You have to give yourself. And in Luke 18, 12, we have this Pharisee that is saying, I fast, twi- I fast twice a week and give a thanks to all, uh, of all I get. And he was saying that with pride. And Jesus is saying, he went home and he was not forgiven while the other person who was a tax collector did. The main thing here is that even though, yes, we need to be faithful with our finances, don't make the mistake to think that because you gave, because you, gave, because you fulfilled, fulfilled uh, because you did that and you fulfilled that commitment, now you are free from all the other responsibilities. We have to seek justice and the love of God, not only giving. It's okay when we give our, our tithing. We do tithing, our tithes and offerings and arms, and we serve and we feed the poor. But it's also important to do what? To practice, to practice justice and to love God and continue building that muscle. So, yes, we are in a stewardship campaign. Next Sunday will be our, our commitment Sunday. But once you do that, don't give and say, I'm done. I fulfill my obligations. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. We have to practice the love of God and continue pressing forward, serving other people. Now, I've been teaching since um, day one that we need to move away from this legalistic tithing and move and shift from that to compassionate giving, speaking to the fact that tithing and all of that was more for the mountains, 
was created for the mountains of the temple. When Jesus came, he shifted everything, and now he's saying, this is not about maintenance, this is about a movement. I'm going to send all of you to make disciples for the transformation of the world. So it's important that we move away from this legalistic tithing and begin to give with our heart. It's a matter of the heart, and we want to prioritize justice and love and move away from these legalistic practices because we are not under the law, we are under grace. And how do we know that? Well, Acts 15 is the first council. The church, the ancient church came together and they decided before sending Paul and Barnabas to the Gentiles, they said, you know, talk to these people. We're not going to impose the law to them. Just ask them to abstain from food sacrifice to idols, from blood, meat of strangled animals, and sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. And that was the way that the council, the first council um, happened in Acts chapter 15. So, the apostle Paul, who is the apostle to the Gentiles, then he wrote, for sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. So there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So when we tithe or, or when we give, this is not about an obligation that I'm going to be cursed. Verse on Malachi 3, that if I don't tithe, I'm, I'm cursed and I'm robbing God. No, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. I give out of Love. I give because I love God. I live in response to what Christ did on the cross. So the apostle Paul was very emphatic and he shared the story that he had with the, with the apostles in Jerusalem. And then he said, we were sent to the Gentiles and then Peter and the other apostles to the circumcised. And the only thing that they emphasized again and again was we should continue to remember the poor. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's so important that we understand that God is calling us to stop thinking in ourselves, on ourselves and begin to think about everybody else. Now, one of the main things in the 21st century, the church should not be treated as what? As a marketplace. The church should not be, should not be treated as a marketplace. And in the 21st century, that's what we see wherever, every time I see it in Facebook, I see it on the media, you go to places, and it feels like when Jesus was talking and declaring this, he was not saying it to the people present there that day. It's even for us. In Mark eleven seventeen, Jesus, he was teaching and he said, it's not, it's, it, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for whom? For all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. And then in Acts 8, 1920, we have this experience with Peter, he's preaching the gospel, and then we have Simon, this sorcerer, and he was asking a blessing and asking to pay to receive the Holy Spirit. Give me also this ability, he said, 
so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. And the warning here is, do not try to buy God's grace with money. Do not try to manipulate the church with money, with your giving. I'm going to give if this happens. If not, I will not give. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. Here is the warning. Do not do that. It's impossible to buy God's grief and graces with money. We cannot manipulate the gospel. We can do that. But now, in the 21st century, we have this problem. In, in, the, in the last century, we were very passionate about preaching against indulgences, against the Catholic Church, because they created this system where you have to pay to take your, your, your siblings and your family out of purgatory. And they went around town to town, and, you, and they charge you money for it. And you have to write the name of the dead person in a letter, and then you pay for it, they pray for you, and now that person will leave purgatory. And we fight that. We fought that and created this reformation. And after 500 years, this is what we did. Now we have the prosperity gospel, which is another version of it. This is why we have to be, we have to be very careful when we talk about, about things. Because you, you can become what you criticize. And now we have the prosperity gospel, and everything is, give me a seed, and you will be healed. Give me a seed, and you will be free. Give me a seed, and let me pray for you, and you will receive this and that. That's not the way it works. Acts 8 is showing us that you cannot pay to receive anointings and blessings. It's impossible. We need to stop this mindless. But we have to have a good relationship with money. So here is what St. Augustine said, and we want, if you can just read this with me. Let's, let's, let's say it together. One, two, three. You do that, and the anxiety goes away. The reason we are so anxious is because First, we have to work, 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 work to have everything we have. And then once we have it, because we have it, we don't want to lose it. So we don't, we can, we can find ourselves at peace. We, we lose, we lose fact. We lose sight of the fact that we, under, that we are here to love God first, to seek the kingdom of God. And money and material possessions is a means to the end, not the end. And when we leave this earth, we're not going to take anything with us. So this is the call to action that we have. Let's continue evaluating our attitudes toward money. This is not about now I have to go and, and reject money. And, and No, no, no. God bless us and he wants us to be blessed. But we, want, we have to be in continual evaluation of our hearts to make sure that we're not wandering from our faith. And now, let's embody a spirit of compassionate giving, selfless generosity, so we can shift the focus from legalistic tithing 
to sincere, heartfelt giving. And that's what we need to do. And I hopefully, wherever I go and I teach about money, I want to free the church from this legalistic mindset about giving. God is calling us to do beyond that. So let's be reminded of that, the teaching of Jesus and the apostles. Let's, let's seek spiritual growth and invest in things that impact not only this world, but the next one. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we strive to be holistic givers and embrace radical generosity in the kingdom of God, may we remember that our time, talents, and treasures are entrusted to us by you, Lord. Let us use them wisely and generously, knowing that our giving reflects our love for God and our commitment to serving his people. Let us commit to living as radical givers, embodying the spirit of generosity, not by the letter of the law, but by the prompting of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.